Thank you for joining us on this, our first of our special broadcast series on vehicle valuations. I'm Jack Nerad. I'm a longtime auto journalist, radio host, and president of the Motor Press Guild. This is a topic that has far-reaching effects across the auto industry and into other sectors as well. And we're pleased to have a guest who is a renowned expert on the topic of vehicle valuations and vehicle pricing. Jonathan Banks is vice president and general manager of vehicle valuations at J.D. Power. Under his leadership, the firm's market intelligence and analytical teams deliver accurate and timely residual values and used car and truck valuations. The values are used by automakers, dealers, financial institutions, other businesses, and of course, consumers. First, Jonathan, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. Uh, Thanks, Jack. I'm really happy to be here. Well, we thank you so much for being with us. And well, let's get to the bedrock of this. Why is accurate price information so important, so important to consumers, so important to dealers, so important to financial institutions? Because it is it's really bedrock information. But describe that process to us, would you, and why it's important? Yeah, of course, Jack. So accurate pricing information has been important in the industry for years. And a company that I was with, uh, NADA, a used car guide, which uh, eventually got purchased by J.D. Power in 2015, is a testament to that. NADA had been putting out used car valuations for about 90 years. So, so the market has always needed third-party sources to obtain pricing to really facilitate that vehicle uh, purchase. And it was important to have benchmarks and standards because oftentimes for many consumers, the automobile is one of the most important purchases in their lives. So they could come into a dealer. There's a third party source where they could look at the price and feel comfortable that the, that the information between the dealer and the consumer is, is, is equal. So fast forward to the market that we're in today. And when you really think about the movement towards digital retailing and you look at how some of the other consumer goods companies like Amazon, for example, uh, Best Buy or Target are doing their pricing, we've we've gone into a realm where accurate pricing is very important. Competitive pricing is very important. If if you've gone out and looked for virtually anything, a a TV, and you see the price at Best Buy is $5.99, well, in all likelihood, you'll go to Amazon and that same TV is going to be $5.99. So they're, they're, they're analyzing prices across the market in, in almost a real-time fashion to enable them to price competitively to align with that uh, consumer's digital experience. We see a big shift to a lot of the aspects of purchasing going into the digital space. So pricing even becomes more important because now a lot of times dealers won't even see the car that consumers trading in consumers, maybe even practically buying a car without ever seeing it. In fact, they have solutions that consumers can do that. And they're very, they're looked at very positively. So as we keep moving more towards a digital experience, which inevitably we we will do and COVID has accelerated us probably uh, at least a few years, propelled us a few years into the future in, in a, a few short months, uh, pricing is going to become even more and more important. And I, I believe more sophisticated pricing uh, models are going to be more important. And I think having the information, having the data uh, helps make good decisions, right? I mean, it helps dealers make good decisions. It helps consumers make good decisions. It helps the OEMs make good decisions. Without that, 
you're working on hunches. And this industry uh, long ago did work on hunches, but I think uh, Dave Power and JD Power as an organization changed that in a lot of ways by uh, getting to a, a more data-driven and analytical point of view about many things, uh, one of which, of course, is vehicle valuations and pricing. You want to expand on that a little bit? That is a core uh, value of J.D. Power. We're, we're probably more known from sort of the out, outside consumer, consumer outside of the auto industry, for our consumer survey information, which is a great set of data to understand consumer interactions with the different vehicles, um, we, we were the benchmark for many of that, but, um, uh, Dave power started a data product called pin back in the early nineties. Uh, pin is a partnership with franchise dealers to obtain information about the individual vehicle transactions happening at the dealership. Um, they, they purchased, uh, as I mentioned before, they purchased NADA used car guide and were the benchmark for creating used values. Um, we just recently purchased a, co purchased a company called ALG, who is the benchmark for creating residual values, which is the number that um, is used to predict a vehicle's future value, which ultimately um, is, a, is a huge component of determining what your monthly payment is for a lease. So all that data together, uh, when you start thinking about, you know, we have these, this transaction data coming from dealers, we have a lot of transaction data that drives our used car values, a lot of transaction data that loads into our forecast. It enables you not only to create those prices in the market, but all kinds of other cool things like figure out what what impact, what impact industry uh, impacts influence price. So from a standpoint of, you know, what's the supply and demand of an individual vehicle in a particular market, up to you know what happens when gas prices uh, move uh, one way or another, or a, a relevant one today would be where what happens to used prices when something uh, catastrophic like COVID hits the market. So when JD Power keeps gathering more and more data that enables us to keep answering these questions in a really more uh, meaningful and thoughtful way. And we do it in a way using analytics to um, really create uh, really data-driven decisions that are really unbiased. And to your point, Jack, it used to be a lot of gut feeling and hunches on what prices were worth. And that's still a big component of, of um, having an effective business. You, you know, you want that industry knowledge. And, and if you're a consumer, you really want to do your research as well when you're purchasing a vehicle. But we provide a really fantastic foundation to start with. Well, let's talk a little bit about your organization within J.D. Power. You are head of, general manager of the J.D. Power Valuations Services. Describe that organization for us a little bit. Yeah, so J.D. Power has, I was talking about that group that uh, does those consumer studies. That's one big group. Uh, the big group that I'm in is called Data and Analytics. And then within data and analytics is, is the, the division that I run, which is uh, valuation services. And so valuation services is, is effectively uh, all the work done on vehicle pricing. So um, as I talked about before, we have a, 
a used car guide product. Uh, when we used, we used to be part of NADA, we've been with JD Power for five years. Uh, it's effectively the same team that I still manage um, doing those values, except now we have access to a ton more data being part of JD Power. But we're creating a used car value that um, is is designed to reflect today's market and and and, and the short term uh, movement for that price. You know, over the next few weeks and, and few months. The other big uh, part of valuation services is ALG. Uh, we just purchased ALG in 2020, the end of, at the end of the year. And ALG's expertise is that forecasting component. So they were predicting what a vehicle would be worth two, three, four years down the road, which is the, which is, uh, the time period that aligns with uh, what folks usually, um, how long folks usually get a traditional lease for. The under underneath that foundation of all our products is a bunch of market data, everything from the pin data that JD Power had created, which I talked about earlier, to data that we've obtained through uh, some really meaningful partnerships, one with uh, NAAA, the National Automobile Auction Association. Uh, we have a partnership to utilize a product called AuctionNet, which represents um, all the data of vehicles going through the physical auction. So it's a wholesale uh, price data set, uh, very robust, much like um, very akin to what PIN is, except PIN is retail, auction that is wholesale. So the, the foundational data that drives all our all our analysis is huge in, within my division. And so we're tasked with creating prices that align with the different business use cases. So for example, the lenders use our data extensively to determine the loan to value. In some areas, people just, our values are perfect for the decisions they're making. In some of these areas that we talked about where a more digital uh, experience that maybe re requires more real-time values or market precise values, uh, that's where we're going. And that's uh, really the vision of valuation services is, is I wanna have the perfect price for any situation that um, that a consumer or a dealer or a lender or whoever is buying or selling a, a newer used car, I want to have the price that aligns perfectly with that business decision they're making. What you say actually begs a lot of questions, Jonathan. It's not necessarily mission critical for the consumer to have an exact price, but it gets to be close to mission critical for dealers and financial institutions to be pretty spot on with uh, pricing and valuations. Talk a little bit about that, would you, and, and how you're progressing those those values to be even more accurate over time. Yeah, and I'll, I'll use today's uh, market as an example. Uh, it, it, I would say it's probably it's especially critical for dealers um, because right now, for example, prices in the market are skyrocketing because we have really strong demand. We have um, some new vehicle production issues, which drives people to the used market. And, um, you, and new vehicles are getting more expensive. And when you're in a situation where there's economic uncertainty, people tend to buy the cheaper product, which is used vehicles. So huge demand. So a dealer may go to the auction uh, one week and see what an F Ford F-150 that's cost, I don't know, say $27,000. The next week they're at the auction and it's $32,000. You know, we're seeing... Maybe that's a, a little more dramatic than the shift we're seeing, but it's almost akin to that. 
So if I'm a dealer, I, I'm, I'm scared. I, I think, oh, I bought that vehicle for thousands of dollars less two months ago. What am I going to do? Should I buy this car? Will I be able to sell it? So that's the kind of situation where our pricing, when it's more real time and dynamic, can give the dealer confidence that, hey, this isn't just a wholesale thing. It's also, you know, you're going to be able to increase your price in the retail market. And it just enables them to utilize that data to um, make confident decisions, even in a market like today, which is incredibly volatile. So um, that that's really important. From a lender side, clearly, you know, if you're if you're um, putting out uh, your funds for on a loan, you want to make sure that you're giving the right amount for that vehicle for a couple of reasons. Number one, if you're not getting the right amount and you're too low, you're going to lose the business. So another lender will get it because maybe that lender has a more aggressive uh, policy of funding. Um, and if you're not starting out with the right value, you could lose business or two, if you provide too much money and you end up getting that vehicle back, you know, you're on the hook for that and um, you could face some losses. So it is important for no matter what decision you're making, because we're talking about a lot of money when you start thinking about all the uh, transactions that are occurring, you know, for banks, for dealers. And w when you miss on a few, it, it could be very costly. And it's costly both ways. You either lose business or you're you're taking on too much risk. Talk about PIN and the auction data and how you can triangulate based on those two sources of information to arrive at uh, proper values. A lot of times folks will just focus on one price. Like a, a, even a lot of folks will just focus on a listing price, which... Um, a listing price is the price that the vehicles offered for on, on third-party sites or on dealer sites. Um, to me, having a really good understanding of the wholesale and retail market is important for maybe not so much for the lenders, but definitely for the dealers. So for example, once again, in, a, in an environment like this where used vehicles are in high demand, you as a dealer have a huge advantage because of Consumers are going to bring you used vehicle inventory in the in the form of a trade-in. If you're just relying on a wholesale value for that trade-in, it's in all likelihood you, you're probably going to lose some opportunities because the consumer, the dealers should respect the consumer's research, but 98% uh, of consumers are going to do research online. One of the top things they research is the value of their trade. It's usually in the top five when you look at um, survey information on what consumer consumers do when researching of, of buying a vehicle. So uh, if a dealer relied on that wholesale and the consumer went and looked at the value, maybe by looked at comparable vehicles being sold or looked at, uh, you know, the JD power NADA used car guide value, uh, they'll go, Whoa, you know, I expect this price. And they go in the dealer and they're, they're maybe lowballing them. Um, they're going to lose that trade. So if you look at wholesale and retail, the dealer can go, okay, well, Here's what I hopefully would have paid in an auction. Here's what I am going to get retail. This car is right here in front of me. And I know what um, my profit potential is by utilizing data like, like PIN to understand what I'm going to get in, in the retail environment. And here's the wholesale price. So I know that, wow, I shouldn't pay too much because I could probably get it for this price in the wholesale market. So they, they could really triangulate that decision really well. The other, the other application um, from a retail side is 
really that merchandising aspect. Um, back to the idea of that we are talking about about dynamic pricing with the folks like Best Buy and um, Amazon and Target using pin data and looking at the retail market uh, is a really helpful way to price your vehicles competitively. And a lot, a lot of times it's, it's almost like who cares what the other folks are pricing their vehicle at. You want to price at a level that's close to what you would expect to sell the vehicle for. Because once again, the consumer is going to be looking around, not just in your area, but all over and figure out you know, what those vehicles are selling for. And a, a data source like PIN will tell you exactly what they're selling for. So using all those different uh, data pieces um, just helps uh, helps you uh, price your vehicles more effectively, um, gives you confidence in what to buy. Um, it's just much more holistic look at things. And another thing that uh, makes it absolutely critical, I think, is the move to digital retailing, online buying. You alluded to that a little bit, but certainly price transparency, uh, uh, listing a price that you are willing to transact at as a dealer becomes absolutely critical to enabling online buying. Yeah, so there's a couple components that a dealer should think about. And I, I think dealers are pretty good at this. There's ways to do it quicker. But the first thing is, and we, we, we haven't talked too much about data quality. And it's, it's one of the things that um, Amazon and I, I keep mentioning Target because I happen to read a bit about Target. and They're kind of innovative, but Walmart does the same thing. Is they ensure that the way that they list every single product, all the attributes of the product are broken out. So like when you, when you think about search experiences, you can pick uh, filters and categories that, that refine your search to align with whatever you're looking for. So it makes that shopping experience just seamless and amazing. And I think that's one of the huge things that propel companies like Amazon and, and, and Target with, that, with their online um, importance. So same thing for vehicles is first things first, get that vehicle described correctly with all the content um, listed, um, have a searchable way for customers to be able to find that right vehicle. You know, some people, you know, they do care about, I want to have a car with navigation because I get lost all the time or whatever. I want to be able to search for a vehicle based on attributes that are important to me. So that's important. And the surprising thing, a lot of times, um, some of the listings are even missing equipment, which is, that's just not acceptable at all. Anything that would add value to your, to the vehicle and the listing and may uh, garner more interest from the consumer should be listed. So, so that's the first step. Second is, you know, from a, from an actual pricing and, and standpoint, you have to just think about having your prices aligned with your business, your market, and your competitors. And in the in the past, it would have been virtually impossible to do this unless you had a big staff. But now, um, with the data that's available and the solutions that we create too, we could feed that kind of pricing and and powerful data quality information directly into whatever tools that that folks are using. So um, you know the the whole idea of pricing strategy kind of takes on a whole new different paradigm now in today's um, digital uh, retailing environment. Talk a bit about uh, what 
having to set a price uh, and set a price that in, in theory you will transact at uh, means to the dealer versus the way they used to operate? Yeah, good question. And there's a, there's still a lot of debate about what works and what doesn't. I'm a firm believer of pricing at transaction because especially when you consider the research that consumers are going to do. So you're, you're in all likelihood going to end up at that level um, the majority of the time. Um, there are some, some dealers that still strategize on having a price that's much higher than what they know it will transact at just to catch maybe some consumers that are, you know, really want that car and are willing to pay more. But um, going after the one big sale versus going after to more volume and as long as your, your sales are profitable, but you, you, you would price based on a profit, uh, I think is a much more effective uh, strategy and seems to be being embraced by a lot of the big dealerships and a lot of the new uh, digital solutions out there. They tend to have pricing that is closer to that, that transaction. And, and, and I would recommend it. Now, some dealers are gonna have higher transaction prices than others. Some dealers, um, by the nature of their reputation or location or whatever, expertise, other services, may have the ability to, to transact higher. Um, that's another thing that, you know, when you start talking about the data, the science and the art, you know, there's there's aspects that are maybe intangible that'll enable you to increase transaction, your transaction price. But ultimately, you want to start with the market price, I believe, because that that way of pricing higher than market and working your way down through negotiation and maybe catching that big whale of a customer where you're going to make a big profit, I think is um, a mentality that just doesn't fit with our industry today. Yeah, and it probably doesn't fit with the way the industry is going, where there is more price transparency. Uh, we're looking to do transactions, and certainly the consumer is looking to do transactions in a much quicker fashion than before. They don't want to necessarily buy in the traditional three-hour-in-the-dealership way that they have before. And we're seeing many, many dealers embrace that and uh, profit by it. And uh, I, I think value information, pricing information is, is absolutely critical to make that successful. I mean, you can't make good decisions as a dealer if you don't know what the market pricing is. Yeah, I agree completely. You know, it's back to the idea of you you have a more educated consumer than you ever dealt with. Once again, COVID has accelerated that. Anyone that wasn't doing research on the internet clearly is doing it now. But um, I mentioned 98%. That comes from surveys by you, you you see multiple surveys about the car buying process and um so you know in all likelihood everyone coming into your, your dealership is going to be armed with information so you have to respect that and i think um that's what's important is just acknowledging that and re putting refining your strategy to align with reality which is um that consumer probably has a good idea of what they expect that price to be on the vehicle. And you, of course you have some room back and forth and also surveys also indicate that they understand, consumers understand that dealers need to make a profit. You know, in all likelihood, if your pricing is fair or around what they expect, um, you'll get that respect to that consumer and you'll be able to work from there. Whereas if you don't, I I, I would argue that you're, you're, you're gonna lose out on a lot of business because um, 
people might just look at your prices that you're that you're listing online and they're far off from the market they they may never come into your dealership and that's another uh, phenomenon that's happening now consumers are going to less dealerships the old days where you had to go around to different dealerships to shop all that's done online so if you don't merchandise and price your vehicles correctly you're just not even going to be considered so that's another important thing to think about when you uh, price your cars. Absolutely. More critical than ever. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk a bit about ALG. It is a fairly recent acquisition by J.D. Power. Talk a bit about that and what it brings to the party. Yeah, the, the beauty of ALG and in our uh, valuation services division is that we effectively were doing the same same thing. In fact, JD Power actually had a residual value product that we launched in 2017. It's a great product, but as I would go out and pitch that product to the manufacturers, they'd say, "Well, we use ALG." <laughs> so, um, and ALG uh, is very respected in in the industry for uh, their residual values and, and really relied upon and trusted by all the manufacturers uh, for those for those values that help with their leasing strategy, which represents 30% of the industry, by the way. So when, when we bought them, I, I was really excited. Um, I had, I've actually, I actually worked at ALG from 1995 to 2008. So I even knew a few of the people. I knew that we had, we both had people in, in each company that have been doing this for a really long time. So the analysts, the data scientists, the uh, market experts, have all all been in do, in this industry for a while, or uh, have trained with folks. So we, we have I have really two really solid teams that I'm able to put together with that have different expertise. So ALG was really focusing on the forecasted values two, three, four years out. My valuation services team was more focused on the values of today's market and one month, two month, three months out. So. That different look on things had us look at data slightly differently, had us do different techniques from an analytics standpoint. And, and we're really going to put all those pieces together. One of the reasons we bought ALG is we thought we, we're adding ALG and the sum is going to be greater than the parts. And I truly believe that will happen because as you start to bring in some more of the data that we were talking about earlier that JD Power has, like PIN, um, like that consumer uh, consumer information from our benchmark studies like IQS, VDS, and Appeal. You start to bring all that in with the forecasting capabilities of ALG, the uh, capabilities that we had with valuation services, all that extra data. And we we think we're going to be able to spin off some solutions that, that, were, that haven't been available in the market before but are available now because of the integration of all this data that we have under one roof and because of, you know, the time we're in now where thank goodness we have uh, building fairly sophisticated models and making that the delivery of the output of that model really easy to digest by other software companies or other companies um, that have internal tools. Um, it's, it's easier than ever to provide um, analytic insight in a usable way, which that was a challenge too. For a while, um, data science or econometrics or whatever it was called at the time, statistics, the outputs were really hard to actually use in tools. So sometimes you come up with 
some great outputs from models, but they'd be hard to explain and it would be hard to deliver in a way that was um, that would help the business. And now we're in a, in a point where we can provide these analytic solutions and get them into tools that actually work with the business. So I think adding ALG to the valuation group that already existed within JD Power on top of all that foundational data that we have is going to create some really fantastic solutions for the industry, especially as it relates to a lot of the manufacturers and their product planning and um, uh, allocation of vehicles. We also have a, a great new data set we call Helix that leverage, leverages PIN and um, what we are calling engineered build data, which, which uh, identifies all the individual content of a vehicle at the VIN level. So we're getting down to, which, which ultimately enables us to say, hey, you have a vehicle with this particular set of features and a vehicle with this particular set of features, this one sells a lot better than that one. Um, or it could even tell you don't even build that one or move this one from you know Florida to New York. So we could kind of we're, we're kind of getting down into this granularity of individual decision making, kind of high fidelity pricing that's aligned with each individual vehicle and each individual market. So it's pretty cool. And ALG just adds a whole nother um, layer of sophistication on the capabilities we had before. Well, I think another capability that uh, you bring to bear right now is uh, the stuff based on the merger with uh, auto data. Talk a bit about that and how that all fits into the scheme of things. Oh, yeah. So in order to do all this stuff, uh, you need a framework to work with or an architecture. Uh, and what that what that means is you have to have all that vehicle information. Um, so you have to know all the vehicles that are being built. So you have to know like that this, that the Honda has, you know, five different trim levels or uh, two different engines, um, eight different packages, all the feature content in all the packages, horsepower, torque, all those attributes um, are collected by Chrome and put together in such a way that facilitates the delivery of, of our value. So when I, when I'm talking about that, ease of delivery of solutions that hinges on the architecture that is built by Autodata and, and the Chrome data solution that is part of Autodata. So being part of, of um, being the same company because we, we merged together in 2019, we're able to incorporate that data into our production processes in, in a way that was not, we weren't able to do before. So, um, with that granularity of data um, that we're getting from auto data as it pertains to how all the different ways vehicles can be built uh, enables us to do all these uh, pretty fantastic things that I was talking about before. So auto data is an integral piece on, on, on how we, what we build all our solutions on top of. Well, I'll tell you, there's so many things to talk about and it begs so many questions, but uh, in terms of this particular podcast, we're out of, uh, out of time with Jonathan Banks. He's vice president and general manager of vehicle valuations at J.D. Power. Jonathan, thanks so much for sharing this. I look forward in, in this future series of podcasts to uh, exploring these in a little more detail. It just seems like you have so much information and analytics based on that information to bring to bear that uh, it's going to be a whole new world of more precision in the vehicle valuation sphere. 
Thanks so much. Uh, Thank you, Jack. Appreciate it. And that's it for this installment of the J.D. Power series of podcasts on vehicle valuation. Please join us right here next time for the next episode. For J.D. Power, I'm Jack Nerad. Thanks so much for being with us.